0: I invite you to remain standing as we read today from the book of Deuteronomy, selected verses from the fourth chapter. Let us hear these holy words. Now Israel, hear the decrees and laws I am about to teach you. Follow them so that you may live and may go in and take possession of the land the Lord, the God of your ancestors, is giving you. Do not add to what I command you and do not subtract from it, but keep the commands of the Lord your God, that I give you. Observe them carefully, for this will show your wisdom and understanding to the nations, who will hear about these decrees and say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. What other nation is so great as to have their gods near them the way the Lord our God is near us whenever we pray to him? And what other nation is so great as to have such righteous decrees and laws as this body of laws that I am setting before you today? Only be careful and watch yourselves closely, so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen, nor let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Please be seated. again we say a word of greeting this morning to all of you we're thankful for your presence as we gather together in this holy place as well as those who are streaming our service and watching on television we are thankful for your presence as well it is good in times like this to be the body of christ there's a lot going on in our world that is a go- that is good and there is a lot going on in our world that is not so good we also want to remember as was mentioned several times those in louisiana as they prepare For Hurricane Ida, we as a congregation will have ample opportunity to respond accordingly, and we will at the appropriate time, so please be aware of that. We're thankful that you are here. Let us pray. O Lord, in the silence of this moment, prepare our hearts and our minds to hear your word for us this day and work your will in our lives. Amen. C.S. Lewis said there are two kinds of people, those who say to God, thy will be done, and those to whom God says, okay, I've had enough, do it your way. There are, of course, those people who try to do that which God would have them to do, follow the commands of God, the dictates of our Lord. And then there are those people who choose to do it their own way, They decide to make decisions for themselves without any regard for God or oftentimes without any concern for others. There are consequences to both types of living. Those who try to follow God's lead will be blessed and honored, and those who choose to do it themselves with little regard for anyone else will eventually in some way experience misery. Moses is preparing the people of Israel. They are soon to cross into the promised land. Moses himself has already been told by God that he will not cross over. But Moses has a responsibility in the book of Deuteronomy to share with his people what they need to be prepared for, to be ready to do it God's way. So Moses says to them, Follow the decrees and the laws that God has placed before you. Obey them at all times. Then Moses says, practice them regularly so that you never forget them. And In addition to that, it is your responsibility to make sure that succeeding generations know all of these laws and decrees so that they will keep them for themselves as well. In other words, God uses Moses to say to the people of Israel, do as you are told, it will benefit you. Follow God's lead and it will pay off. If you choose to go your own way and do it as you choose, you are going to pay a heavy price. And we know what happens. We know that the Israelites time and time again would fail to do that which God would have them to do, practice the laws, obey the laws and decrees, and they would suffer tremendously as a result. Do as you are told. Now, many of us heard that growing up in a variety of ways, certainly from our parents, but we also know that there are times in life when the best thing we can do is do what we are told. If one serves in the military and she or he does not follow the commands of a superior, one can be court-martialed. We know that in the military we are to do as we are told, or pay a heavy price. We know that when law enforcement tells us to do something, we better do what we are told or we face being arrested. There are times in life when just common sense says, do as you are told. The same should be true in our relationship with Almighty God as New Testament people in and through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Do as we are told. It always pays off in the end. It is always the better way to go. When we try to do it ourselves, invariably, not only do we suffer, but we cause suffering along the way. Very few of the things that we do in life solely are we the ones who have to deal with the repercussions. More often than not, when we do something we shouldn't do and don't follow the lead of God, it affects other people as well. When I was in college, I was in the National Guard. I had to go to boot camp, Fort Jackson, South Carolina, in the summertime. The temperature was 100 degrees every day and the humidity was 100% every day. I didn't want to be there, but I had to be there like everybody else. And I had to learn how to be a soldier as best I could and I knew I had to follow the lead of the drill sergeants. And one of the things they told us on the first day when we were green, raw recruits and had no earthly idea what we were doing, they told us, you do what I tell you to do, and if any of you fall out of line in any way, everyone in your platoon will be affected as well. What that means, of course, is that if I mess up, Everybody in my platoon would have to deal with the consequences of that. So we rode each other very hard to make sure that all of us did what we were told because if anybody messed up, everybody was impacted. That is really true about life in general. Oftentimes when we choose to go our own way, to do it by ourselves, there are going to be people who are impacted negatively in some way. What Moses does is speak to the entire Israelite community and tells them you have got to do it God's way if any one of you choose to do it on your own it is going to adversely affect many many others and it will taint your relationship with the God of all creation. If you read the Bible it is clear For example, Psalm 33 says, Blessed is the nation that follows the Lord. If we do what God would have us to do as a people, we are going to be blessed. Psalm 66 says, God rewards those who do what God tells them to do. In other words, to do what God says. Do as we are told. In the Gospel of John, in the 14th chapter, Jesus refers to himself repeatedly as the Good Shepherd. And he says that his sheep, that's us, know him because of his voice and will follow him because of his voice. We know who the shepherd is and we follow him. And we have to believe that when we follow the one who directs us to where we are supposed to go, it always pays off. It is always better than trying to wander off by ourselves and do it on our own. When we, in whatever way, hear the voice of God, if you will, it is our responsibility to follow, to do as we are told, like a shepherd directing the sheep. some people will read this passage of scripture and say but it puts constraints on us it impedes our ability to be who we are called to be on the contrary it gives us direction it gives us focus it gives us purpose it tells us what we can do and who we can be better than anything else will some people believe that if there are any constraints if it's not a free-for-all If they have to obey anybody else or do what someone else tells them to do, that somehow that impedes their ability to be who they want to be. I read an article in Christianity Today some time ago about how researchers decided to watch children on a playground to make a determination about how the children would respond to barriers. So they constructed a playground, and the children were placed on the playground. But there was no fence around the playground. So the children huddled together and played very close to each other. They didn't move far from one another, and they didn't venture out at all. When there were no barriers, no boundaries, they stayed close to one another. Very little freedom. Then researchers put up a fence and they watched the children, as the children began to spread out further, play on a larger piece of property, going all the way to the fence, enjoying each other along the way. And what researchers determined is that boundaries are actually good for us. They don't impede who we want to be. In fact, they give us more freedom. What God says in all of this is do what you are told. It is gonna pay off. You're gonna have the freedom to enjoy what God has given you if you will listen to God. Why is it that so often in life, we choose instead to listen to ourselves and it costs us dearly? So I think it's important for us to recognize the necessity in life of following the lead of the one who directs us where we need to go. We are New Testament people. That means we know God best in and through a relationship with Jesus Christ. That is how we really know how God would respond, what it is God would say, how it is God would do it. We see all of that in this man named Jesus, who is the Christ, God in flesh, the anointed one. So if we're gonna take lead from anyone, aren't we better off taking our lead from the one who called everything into being instead of believing that somehow in our own way we can do it better than God? Jesus gives us shining example after example about how we are to live in such a way that we understand that when things get tough, we are rooted in Christ and we make it just fine. Scripture never tells us that we're not going to have to deal with difficulty. On the contrary, Scripture reminds us that when we do face difficulty, we have a solid rock foundation in Jesus Christ. You remember the parable he says about one who builds a house on sand and one who builds it on the rock? The one who builds it on sand, there's no root, there's no depth, there's no rock-solid foundation. And when the storms of life come along, it is crushed. However, the one who builds it on the solid rock can endure. That solid rock is only a part of the makeup of who we are when we do what we are told to do by God. Moses had a lifetime of experience in a relationship with God. Moses had been through much with God. Moses knew what he was talking about, and even though he himself would not enter into the Promised Land, Moses knew that if the people of Israel would do as God would have them to do, they would be so blessed and so rewarded. But so often they chose not to do that. And it affected all of them. They would be dispersed, spread out, sent into exile, kicked out of their home, Jerusalem, removed from the temple. There was destruction everywhere. We all know that if we're honest with ourselves, if we look at our own lives, those times when we've tried to handle it our own way oftentimes just create bigger problems. So why can't we just do as we are told to begin with? It's a constant challenge for every one of us And yet we are called to do that. We know that it is better off for us to do it that way. Otherwise we are hurt and so are others. I've been thinking a lot about the church and the importance of the church in the world in which we live today. And I know this sounds melodramatic but I think it is absolutely true. I think COVID has spread much quicker The secularization of the United States of America than most anything else. We were well on our way to being a secularized nation. COVID has sped up that process. For a lot of people now, the church just doesn't matter. It is irrelevant. It is unimportant. It has no place in their life. And when the church has no place, that means God has no place. So I think all the more we have got to be a people who remind others that when we try to do it our own way, it just doesn't work. We live in a nation where there is plenty of proof of that right now. We have come to believe, as citizens of the United States of America, that our personal rights trump everything else, are of most importance. Now, I'm not old enough to remember this, but I certainly have read about it in history books and seen it on television many times. The greatest generation, as they call it, during the Second World War, did all kinds of things for the greater good of the cause. They rationed food as a nation. They rationed supplies. They did everything they could as a nation, working together in concert with each other to make a fundamental difference, to fight evil. We are in the midst of a pandemic. You would think that that would be the kind of thing to draw us all together for a common cause of greater good, but we have allowed personal rights and privileges to be of the utmost importance above the collective good of the community at large. And it is costing us dearly. So much for loving God and loving neighbor. What we have to do as the church of Jesus Christ is remind the world we cannot go it alone. My personal rights do not take precedent over the greater good of everybody else. And sometimes when I want my personal rights to be most, most important, other people are going to suffer. Now I know that's not a popular opinion, But it's my opinion, and I have this pulpit, so I'm going to say it. We have to do as we are told. We don't make the rules. God makes the rules. Our responsibility is to simply say, yes, God, thy will be done. And if we will do that, then we can come together as a nation. We have ample proof that we're messing it all up. Bigotry and racism and the notion that now I can say whatever I want and post whatever I want without any regard for anyone else has become so commonplace that none of us really have any idea what decorum is all about or what is appropriate or inappropriate anymore. It is ridiculous. And I'm telling you, the secularization of the United States of America is causing us to tread on territory where I assure you none of us want to be. The Israelites are a shining example of what happens when we listen to God and we nod our head yes and then we just choose to do it however we choose to do it. It's on us. This is happening on our watch. I was talking to a clergy friend of mine this past week, and I said, my greatest heartache in all my years of ministry, and I started in 1986, is that the church has been in rapid decline since I was ordained. It's under my watch. It's on our time. But it can change if we do our part and quit trying to do it on our own and say instead, yes, God, thy will be done. Notice what Moses says here. Moses says, you got to teach this to your children. I know oftentimes, particularly when my children were growing up, that in their mind, I was an idiot. At a certain age, when they were teenagers, now they would never say that to my face, but, but they had the expression and their comeback sometimes made it abundantly clear that I really didn't know what I was talking about. And amazingly enough, now that they are grown adults with their own families, I am Einstein in many ways to them now. Experience teaches us a lot. And Moses had all that experience with God and he was sharing it with the people of Israel. We have to share that with our children and our grandchildren. We have to tell them about Jesus Christ. We have to. Their very soul is at stake. It's on us to make that happen. Listen, we teach our children how to hold a knife and a fork. We teach our children to look both ways before they cross the street. We teach our children how to dress themselves. We teach our children all kinds of things so that they can very much be a part of the culture in which they find themselves and be effective human beings. But the most important thing we can teach our children is what it means to be in a relationship with God in and through Jesus Christ. Now, many of our children are going to go through those stages in life where they question all kinds of things. That's healthy and that's normal. Many of them, for a period of time, are going to reject the church. And in my opinion, that is healthy and normal. It happens regularly. I went through that in my own life. But I do believe that the Holy Spirit keeps working on individuals. And one day, those same individuals are going to say, look at this world in which I live. I've tried it on my own. It just doesn't work. There's got to be another way. And we know the way, the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus Christ himself. Listen, the psalmist says, God, will you be angry with us forever? Please, God, revive us again. It is time for a revival. I don't know what that looks like, But I do know this, it's on us to make it happen. We are the church of Jesus Christ. And if we are bold enough to say that we are Christ followers, that we are Christians, then it's on us to live in such a way that we are doing what we are told to do by God and we're making that abundantly clear to other people with regard to how they live their lives. We have so much for which to be thankful, even in the midst of a pandemic. We have a God who loves us always and forever. We have a savior who has saved us. We have a church that includes us. And we have the most important message anyone could ever hear or see. And the answer to all of it is simple. We just do what we are told. Hallelujah. Amen.